Welcome to Maryland's Anglican Media, where you can listen to sermons, devotionals, and other media from Maryland's Anglican Church. We hope you enjoy. Up until 400 years ago, all we knew about the universe came through seeing it with our naked eyes. But when Galileo turned his telescope toward the heavens, he saw things that were hidden for all of human history. Mysteries were revealed. Saturn had rings. Jupiter had moons. That hazy band across the center of the sky was not a cloud, but a countless collection of stars. And the news changed the world. The universe was even more glorious than we could ever imagine. And now we've managed to send a Hubble Observatory into space so we can see the universe without the distortion of the Earth's atmosphere and pollution. Today we see that God revealed to Paul a mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations. That Jews and Gentiles are equally loved by God, equally saved by Jesus Christ. And this news changed the world. It brought unity to all peoples and cultures and showed that God was even more glorious than we could ever imagine. Today we'll see, firstly, the unsearchable mystery revealed. Secondly, the inconceivable love of Christ. And thirdly, the immeasurable glory of God. So firstly, the unsearchable mystery revealed. Last week we heard how Christ brought down the dividing wall between Jews and Gentiles. In today's passage, Paul starts to pray in response, but then interrupts himself. It's like he doesn't want them to miss how outrageously amazing it is that they are included in God's plan. Because it didn't always seem that way. For thousands of years, it seemed like God only loved the Israelites. He chose them to be his special people out of all the nations of the earth. He promised them land and fame and blessing. He promised them that he will send his forever king to defeat their enemies and give them a kingdom that will never be destroyed. But now God has revealed the mystery. that The Gentiles, the non-Israelites, were always part of God's plan. Now the word mystery here is not used the way we normally use mystery. It's not difficult to understand like a puzzle or, or something we try to figure out. It's more like a hidden secret that has now been revealed. A bit like Galileo and his telescope. The planets and stars were always there, but they were hidden from view until the telescope revealed them. God's plan was always to save the Gentiles, but this plan was hidden from previous generations and only revealed by God after the coming of Christ. It was impossible to see the wonders of the universe with our naked eyes. And it is impossible for human beings to see the plan of God without human wisdom and understanding. Only God can reveal it. And he only did so after the coming of Christ. Ephesians 3 verses 4 to 6. Paul says, In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. 
This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. The mystery is that Jews and Gentiles have equal access to God's riches in Christ. Paul uses three together phrases to unite Jews and Gentiles. He says they are heirs together, members together, and sharers together. Each of these together phrases is one word in the original Greek. It's like saying they are co-heirs, co-members, and co-sharers. I remember when I was growing up, whenever my mum bought snacks for my brothers and me, she would always buy the same flavour. And we'd say, why do you buy the same flavour, mum? <laughs> you know, three packs of pizza shapes or three lime jelly packets. And she'd tell us, well, otherwise there'd be fights about who would get which flavour. She knew us well. Well, Paul is saying that God is being completely equal with Jews and Gentiles. He loves them just as much. They're equal heirs and children of God, equal members of one body, and equal sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus. But you might be asking, why did he make it seem like only the Jews were saved? I think there were two reasons. Firstly, he wanted to show that there was only one way to have access to God, through Christ. So he chose one nation, Israel, one tribe, Judah, one dynasty, David's, and then sent his one and only son to be the king and savior of the world. He was narrowing it down so we would see it would come through this one man. See, it was not through our human or many human religions, including Judaism. It wasn't through our human intelligence that we can be saved, but only through the one Savior God has provided, Christ Jesus our Lord. As it says in Ephesians 3 verse 12, In Him and through faith in Him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. In fact, this verse shows that those who believe have even greater blessings than Israel did in the Old Testament. They had to offer sacrifice after sacrifice, but they still could not come near to God because of their sin. But we who believe in Jesus have confidence and freedom to approach him through the blood of Christ. Secondly, he wanted to show that it's only through his King Jesus that cultural barriers can be broken down. Human societies and nations always struggle to be united. We all think we do things the best way, and we naturally feel fear and, and judgment towards other cultures. We might say things like, well, if we all love one another, we could end violence and war and poverty. See, we all long for world peace. But if it's that simple, then why can't we achieve it? After thousands of years of human civilization, we still don't get along. So God chose one nation, gave them strict clothing, religious and food laws to separate them from the other nations, to make them holy. It was forbidden to even eat with Gentiles or non-Jews. But then with the coming of Christ, those barriers came crashing down. And God showed that he could create beautiful unity out of the most divided people. God showed that he had unsearchable riches in Christ. 
more than enough to share with both Jews and Gentiles. And their share in Christ, their common share in Christ, would make them one body, one church. It's a beautiful thing, and all of this was to show God's glorious power and wisdom. Ephesians 3 verses 10 to 11. His intent, that's God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not only will all people one day see God's power and wisdom, but right now through the church, all the angels and demons and Satan himself is witnessing how God is accomplishing the beautiful unity of Jews and Gentiles and all nations through the love and power of Christ. Friends, no matter what background you are from, you are welcome in Christ's church. Our different languages, clothes and food do not stop us from being brothers and sisters in Christ. As we love and welcome one another, even the angels will marvel at God's wisdom and power in Christ. In Revelation 7, it says that one day all people of all nation, tribes and tongue will come and worship the Lamb. They will cry out to Him, Salvation belongs to the Lamb, to God and to His Lamb. Well, secondly, we see the inconceivable love of Christ. In verse 14, Paul finally comes back to the prayer that he introduced in verse 1. He prays that they would see that they are deeply loved in Christ. Again, this love is impossible to grasp with our human eyes. That's why Paul prays that God would do the impossible. Look at this amazing prayer, verses 16 to 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It takes great strength to grasp the love of Christ. In fact, strength that we do not have. That strength can only come from God's Spirit. In our weakness, we let the distractions and sufferings and frustrations and desires of this life affect our view of God. And so we don't always feel loved. But God wants us to grasp just how big Christ's love for us is. It's so wide and long and high and deep that we can't conceive of how big it is. It's inconceivable. <laughs> but we can know it truly. It's like when you swim in the ocean. You can feel and know the ocean. You know what it feels like. You experience it. You can perceive how massive it is. But there is no way that our human brains can comprehend how wide and deep it is. It's unfathomable. It reminds me of the kid's song. Wide, wide as the ocean, high as the heavens above. 
Deep, deep is the deepest sea is my Savior's love. And my Nana used to sing that to us, and I'll never forget it. It's such a beautiful song. Christ's love is as wide as the, as the ocean, as high as the heavens above, as deep as the deepest sea. And we will never fully grasp how amazing it is. Friends, whatever you are going through right now, know that Christ's love, Christ loves you more than you can ever understand or imagine. And one day we will see that everything we've been through is for our good. Everything that we've been through is preparing us for a love that we can't possibly comprehend. As Christ dwells in us, he shows us more and more of his love until one day we'll be filled with all the fullness of God. For many religions in the world, prayer is about asking for physical things or spiritual protection or earthly success. And even we who follow Jesus can sometimes come to him with a shopping list. But God wants us to give us so much. God wants to give us so much more than just stuff. He wants a personal relationship. He wants to give us himself and surround us with his inconceivably big love. If you're listening today and don't feel like God loves you, pray to him. Ask him to fill you with his love by his Holy Spirit so that you know his love, that you know him personally. Ask him to open the floodgates and show you just how big his heart is towards you. You won't regret it. Well, thirdly, the immeasurable glory of God. Paul has told us God's vision, Jews and Gentiles, united in the body of Christ. It's easy to lose hope when we don't always express this wonderful unity in the church, when we fail to include people or actively exclude them, or we're just insensitive to see how the way we do things accidentally alienates people. But Paul knows that God can achieve his glorious dream even despite our human sin and failures. So he ends with a doxology of praise to God. Ephesians 3, verses 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We're reminded that it is God's work, not ours, and he's able to do the impossible. Just as God is able to make the immeasurable vastness of the universe, so God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. But notice that it's all for his glory. And this is actually a great comfort and, and motivation for us. We exist for His glory, not our own glory. When we're too focused on our goals, our problems, our desires, we can get disappointed or frustrated or even discontent. So you can achieve all your dreams and earn all the money you want, but you won't be fulfilling your potential. Because you weren't made to glorify yourself. You were made for the glory of God. And when we grasp that, it gives us hope and purpose and value, which you can't find anywhere else. 
It also gives us comfort because even though we are weak, God is able to achieve his great purpose of showing the whole universe how glorious he is. One day God will bring everything in heaven and on earth, seen and unseen, together under one head, Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we will all see the glory of God face to face. And in that moment, our tiny lives will be seen for what they are. One thread in the beautiful tapestry that God is making to bring glory to his Son. And we rejoice in God's inconceivable love that he would include us in this plan and make us his children. It's a wonderful hope and a wonderful vision and we can get lost in God's incomparable love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you didn't forget about us Gentiles. Your plan was always to bless us equally with Jews in Christ. We can have access to you, Lord, with confidence and freedom. We can be equal inheritors of your kingdom, equal sharers in the promises of our Messiah, Christ Jesus, and equal members of one body, the church. Lord, we thank you that you have loved us so much. And we pray, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would show us just how much you love us, how wide and deep and long and high is the love of Christ. And Lord, we pray that as Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, that we'll be filled with all the measure of you, Lord, that we as your people will be so filled with your fullness that we would love one another, Jews and Gentiles and all nations, and so bring you the glory and honor that you deserve as our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.